let's just roll it. Here's the president. I have to tell you, as I said, I've, I've been going through an evolution on this issue. Um, I've always been adamant that uh, gay and lesbian uh, Americans should be treated fairly and equally. Uh, and that's why, in addition to everything we've done in this administration, rolling back Don't Ask, Don't Tell, uh, so that uh, you know, outstanding Americans can serve our country, uh, whether it's no longer defending the Defense Against Marriage Act, which uh, tried to federalize uh, what has historically been state law, uh, I've stood on the side of broader equality for uh, the LGBT community. Um, and I had hesitated on gay marriage, uh, in part because I thought civil unions would be sufficient, that that was something that would give people hospital visitation rights and uh, other uh, elements that we take for granted. Uh, and uh, I was sensitive to the fact that uh, for a lot of people, you know, the, the word marriage was something that evokes very powerful traditions, religious beliefs, and so forth. Um, but I have to tell you that over the course of uh, several years, as I talk to friends and family and neighbors, uh, when I think about uh, members of my own staff who are in incredibly committed monogamous relationships, same-sex relationships, who are raising kids together, uh, when I think about uh, those soldiers or airmen or marines or uh, sailors who are out there fighting on my behalf uh, and yet feel constrained, even now that Don't Ask, Don't Tell is gone, because uh, they're not able to uh, commit themselves in a marriage. Uh, at a certain point, I've just concluded that, um, for me personally, it is important for me to go ahead and affirm that uh, I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. Tony Evans is a senior pastor at the Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, and he joins us this morning. Nice to see you, sir. Thanks for being with us. Certainly appreciate it. What was your reaction uh, to the president's announcement? Well, I was disappointed. Um, as a Christian and as a person who believes that the, the Bible has established clearly what marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman, uh, and because the reality is that the, the saga of a nation is really the saga of its families written large. And when you redefine the family other than what the Creator intended when he established it, then you're looking at the devolution of civilization. Separation of church and state should never mean separation of, of God and right. And uh, since government is supposed to be an agency of God, and since the nation was established uh, based on a theistic frame of reference, God should not be uh, marginalized and put on the sideline. His authority should not be negated. And we should not take uh, human institutions that he established, which includes government, and the foundation is the family, and redefine it at our own whim. Civil rights is not an issue here. Uh, biblical justice is the equitable application of God's moral law in society. When you talk about racial civil rights and combine that to the redefinition of the family, God has to God has to have a say so on both issues. God, He's I mean, on for, both issues clearly. Uh, far be it for me to ever argue with a pastor about God, so I'll just preface this what I'm about to say to you, sir. But why not leave it up to God? Right at the end of the day, you could sort of leave it all up to God, and you could say under the laws of the, the country, we aim for equal protection and equal rights under the law. Uh, for example, I, I would say, you know. 
the, the institution of marriage has changed over time. I mean, I was having this debate with Tony Perkins this morning. The institution has changed a lot over, over, over time. For women's rights, certainly, for, as you well know, rights of slaves to get married, as you well know, rights of blacks and whites to, to get married. So it's, it's changed a lot. Why not leave it up to God and let man get out of it? Because God has established what man is supposed to do, and he expects man to do it his way, not, uh, not a way independently of him. And when you do things independently of him, you bear consequences that you don't want to bear. And so God is not just some ethereal spirit up there that is uninvolved. He is involved through his systems that he's established. Government is one of those systems, and government is to respect his rule, not ignore it. Because the family is the foundational institution upon which all other institutions are dependent for their ability to function properly, this issue needs to be addressed. What I don't do across my pulpit is endorse candidates. I deal with issues. So I go through all the issues, and I tell our congregation what God says about all the issues, and then I let them go into the voting booth. So then you personally, would you personally say, listen, I disagree, I will not vote for President Obama? I will personally say I disagree. When I get in the voting booth, then I'll cast my vote. Well, praise the Lord. God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. And this is another exciting uh, discussion we're having, especially because of uh, the day we're living in, the elections coming up, voting our faith. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that, that people uh, really consistently fail to do is to really connect this, uh, the LGBTQ push throughout the institutions of our education systems, our religious systems, and um, the, the forging their ideology into the church, um, into marriage, uh, regardless of regardless of your uh, your biblical um, understanding, okay, your traditional biblical understanding, um, you have to accept them now because um, it's 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 mean. It's evil. It's cruel. Okay, uh, to do so, and so we have a we have a party that has gone completely out of out of kilter when it comes to gender, when it comes to purpose of marriage. We have a Marxist movement, uh, the BLM movement, that is against the nuclear family, which is, again is against traditional marriage, which is against institutions that God had created. And that's, that's exactly what um, Brother uh, Tony Evans, uh, he said. You heard President Obama, how he has evolved, as he has come because he has so many... Listen... We don't care. We're sticking to the Bible. We are we have a biblical view. And this is what this is all about is establishing a biblical view. What is our biblical view? We're voting based upon our faith. I don't care what the culture says about the equality of, of men and women. They're equal. It doesn't matter who you love. Yes, it does. The you know that uh, it's immoral or dehumanizing, you know, um, your view of scriptures. So when you use when you use scripture to support the fact of, of marriages between man and woman, okay, um, and see, some people just think that there's where it's 
stops. No, it doesn't stop there. It goes against the nuclear family and it goes against the, the um, ability to procreate and create and, and really have a, a biblical system put in place that was intended by God called marriage. You know, So again, when you start looking at what they are proposing through same-sex marriage and actually calling it marriage or a joining of life, let's look at the Bible. Look, we're talking about the Bible, okay? And I understand, and I understand that there's there are you know six to eight what we would call clobber verses, you know, where we clobber them about homosexuality being being from hell and going to hell. Those are clobber verses, you know, um, or or statements or chapters, you know, or references of of, of homosexuality, the abomination of it, you know, wrapped up in about 25 verses. So many people on the liberal side says that God really doesn't say much about it. But what I want you to understand um, through this discussion about voting biblical faith, because there's many Christians out there, many liberal Christians that are okay with this, that are okay with same-sex marriage. It doesn't affect us. No, it affects the kingdom of God. It affects these things. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to look at a biblical view. We'll answer a few questions. We're going to read some scripture together. Um, and I'm going to give you a, a view. Okay, I'm going to give you a view, especially of the position on why the uh, LGBTQ community has infiltrated the church. And you had President Obama that, you know, you heard his you heard his spiel. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of rumors about that, uh, about why he evolved, or you know, some say that he may have even just come out the closet on that one. But uh, you know, those those are you know conspiracy theories that are out there. But you know, again, why why would he why would he flip on that? Why would he um, you know in 2004 2007 when he was in this uh, when he was. Uh, um, uh, building his uh, building his platform. Uh, yeah, I'm for institution of marriage. I'm for, and all of a sudden, eight years later, he is now flipping, and then we know the rest is history. So again, my concern is the fact that you have many Christians that don't know how to answer the 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 can you can is um, is same sex marriage um, is it biblical? Is it biblical? Okay. Well. Let's take a good look at it. Okay, let's let, let's take a first um, a great a great verse of the Bible. Okay, let's go to Genesis. Genesis is is what we call the book of the beginnings. Okay, and there is there is the idea in theology called the the book the 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 theology or the um, her hermeneutical system called the first mention, the place where things are mentioned for the first time, and then they are affirmed throughout the Bible. Okay, they are affirmed throughout the Bible. It says Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-six and twenty-seven. I want you to listen to this. Okay, so that God created man in His own image, in His own in His own image. Uh, in, in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing. So here you have this idea, this model, this first intent Okay, that's carried out throughout the Bible. Now, I'm, I'm going to get into some good things with this so that it will help you understand um, the, how damaging, 
how damaging it is, this same-sex marriage, how damaging it is to the church, okay, and into the ideas and the intentions of heaven, okay? He says this, then God blessed them, okay? God blessed them. This is an important thing, okay? He created man and woman, right, male and female, okay, male and female, and then he blessed them. He blessed them. So now we begin to see that he didn't bless uh, male and male, he blessed male and female. This is important for you to understand, okay? Then he blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful. This is what's important about same-sex marriage, okay? Man and woman are the only ones that can be fruitful and produce after their kind. Men on men cannot be fruitful. This is very detrimental to the heritage or the future, okay? If you can't produce, it's, you don't, you have no future. It dies with you. This is a, this is a concept that the church didn't understand. Why are we blessing an unfruitful relationship? Something that doesn't, that God didn't bless. He blessed them, male and female, not male and male, not female and female, okay? This is what we, we have to really, you know, get down. We have to lock that in. And that is fundamental and foundational, right? Be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply. He's talking about your generations continuing on, move from generation to generation. And some people may say, well, you know, we understand, we understand that, you know, um, the heterosexuals, you know, marriages, they have, a, they produce a lot of children and we just rent from them. No, no. It says you be fruitful. It didn't say you manage other people's kids. Your relationship should be growing and it should be producing other people after its kind. So this is the importance of Genesis chapter 1, 26, 27, that God created male and female, period, okay? Male and female, period. And then what did he do? He blessed them, and then he says, be fruitful and multiply. If you look at, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, Adam and Eve, Okay, he, he gives this blessing. If you look at Noah, when Noah gets out of the ark, the first thing God tells Noah is be fruitful. In other words, get busy and get moving. Okay, produce, produce the family, replenish the earth. The same blessing is given to Noah and his family. Okay, listen, you, you have to understand that this is a blessing, man and, man and woman. That's the blessing. That's the model. Okay, not male on male, female on female. That's not even at the beginning. Watch this because we're going to get, we're going to push this a little further. Okay, fill the earth, um, subdue it and have dominion over it, over the birds of the air um, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, again, so God tells, gives this promise to Adam or gives this proclamation, this prophecy, this blessing. He gives it to, Ad, to Adam and then over Adam and Eve, okay, the male and the female. And then watch this. And then he gives it to Noah. The same thing. Look it up. Okay, find the story of Noah in Genesis. I believe it's 11. I believe that's where it is at. And then you go into um, Abraham and he says the same thing to Abraham. But this is what he says to Abraham <laughs> because God saw that, that Noah and God saw that uh, um, Adam, they, they didn't do that to, to, the, to the likings of God. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Then God tells, God tells Abraham, he says, look, I will... 
I will multiply you. I'll make you fruitful. I will do this. So God, the grace of God comes upon uh, Abraham to make him fruitful, to make him multiply, to cause him to do this. Okay, this is important for you to you to understand when you start coming into the same-sex marriage. And how do I defend it? You go to the uh, you go to the theology of first mention, the original foundational plan. Jesus used it too. Now you go to Genesis chapter two eighteen, and God and the Lord God said, "It is not good for man to be alone." This is one of the things that that. Um, that uh, that the LGBTQ community um, uses against the church, you know. And well, I'm if I have same-sex attractions, then then should I die alone? It's cruel for a loving God to make me to to cause me to lo- die alone. No, no, there is redemption for that. There is there is a way through that. There is provisions in the gospel. If you read the Corinthians, you know, Paul Paul writes about, about uh, those that were once trapped in those type of vices, in those type of passions. And Paul says, some of you were, were, were trapped just like them. Walk in the grace. Be kind to each other. Be gentle with each other. Because, hey, you guys were dirty too. You had some issues too. 1 Corinthians chap- chapter 6, I believe that is. So again, so Genesis chapter 2.18, And God said, it is not good for man to be alone and I will make him a helper comparable for him that's a powerful word comparable for him and there was someone that will fit him somebody that will be joined with him someone again he why didn't he pull out another man because it wasn't going to be comparable for him it wasn't going to be good for him the helper wasn't going to be able to help him he needed he needed someone of the same but with differences Okay, that's why the homo, meaning same, okay, he needs um, unihetero difference. That's why it's heterosexual. I need somebody that is different than me. And again, that's why the same-sex marriage is is a no-go. It's a no-go. But again, how does this how does this get into the church? We're going to get into this uh, a little bit further, and we'll explain. I'll explain to you more. Okay, because when you look at when you look at this scripture, Genesis. Now we went Genesis two eighteen. Okay, this is the the book of first mentions where we look at the helper comparable. God made man and woman. Now let's keep following Genesis uh, two twenty one through twenty five. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman. And he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Okay, listen. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man, listen, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. See, this is the the power of joining. You can only join a man and a woman because they're the only ones that are fit or comparable or compatible for each other. They fit, they procreate, okay? They procreate, they go 
together. Okay, only man and woman can be joined, and this is the illusion. Okay, that that um, the world wants to sit there today just because you make commitments to each other. No, no, there has to be the proper joining. Okay, only a man and a woman can be joined together. Okay, and so when the church, when they ask preachers and they, they say, well, would you marry a, uh, uh, two men? And they and right away, they go right into the, um, they go right into the, uh, the mercy. Well, you know what? God loves everybody and, they, you know, it's love and it's, and they go into all this mushy, gushy stuff and they don't understand that only a man and woman can be joined. Okay, they can have a contract together, they get, but it's not marriage. It's not the joining of life. It's not the two becoming one flesh. Okay, Romans got it differently. I'll te maybe teach on that later. Okay, but I'm just giving you the institution of marriage here. Okay, only a man and a woman can be joined. Okay, you must you must share the same the the same sameness, meaning human, but yet the difference. Okay, yet share differences. Okay, I love the fact my wife is so different from me. We're different because, because you know, she's a woman. Women, you, if you're a man and a woman, it's different. You know, it kind of cracks me up when you, you have all this equality, this equality, everybody's equal, right? All these, um, especially from the LGBTQ community. And then you have, when you have uh, boys that are transing or changing into girls and dominating girl sports and and people say it's unfair for the for for their for the trans because they're men they're men they will always be men that's a false reality that's a reality they want it's in their heads the reality is the reality is when they look at their their facility when they look at their body they know they're a man yeah they shoot it up with hormones they do all this stuff to make it make it less of what it really is this is, this is the unreality. So again, the point is marriage is when a man leaves his father and his mother and he's joined. So only a man and a woman can be joined. Instituting a marriage, okay? Instituting a marriage, okay? So again, same, the sameness and the differences makes the heterosexual unions. Uh, marital, therefore sexual. You get that? Marital, therefore sexual. So if it is a marital relationship, it is sexual because it's adjoining. Men, women and men, women on women, men on men doesn't join. It's not union. It's not join. Listen, look at what the scriptures say. Again, this is a biblical worldview. The world can, the culture could do what it wants. And what President Obama opened the floodgates to, it was, it was, it sounded small. It sounded, but it is, it has flipped the church because you have liberal theologians. And let's look at what liberal theologians say about this. Okay. This is, um, this is, uh, uh, one of the uh, theologians says, we appeal explicitly to the weight of our own experiences and the experience of thousands of others um, uh, others have witnessed too, which tells us that to claim their own sexual orientation is in fact to accept the way in which God has created us. By doing so, we explicitly reject as well as the premise of the scriptural, uh, scriptural statements condemning homosexuality, namely that it is a vice freely chosen, a symptom of human corruption and disobedience to God's created order. So again, they reject this. That's liberal theology. They, they reject this notion, 
that it is that it is not good, it is not right, that that they they want to say I was created uh, the wrong way. They want to go against the exact design. They don't want to say it's a vice, it's a it's an impure passion, it's something that's not healthy for me. They they can't they, they don't want to say that. They reject that notion, and you then you wrap it up with pro, uh, liberal professors that are looking uh, looking to um, condone and to to give an answer to this stuff, and they have to reject. Listen to listen to um, what Richard uh, Dr. Richard Hayes continues to say, and he says this: In view of the considerable uncertainties surrounding the scientific and the experiential evidence, in view of the culture, in in view of our cultures present swirling confusion about gender roles in view of our pro propensity for self-deception i think it's prudent and necessary to let the unequivocally uh, testimony of scripture and christi christian traditions of order the life of the church on this painfully controversial matter in other words the scriptures are true okay the scriptures are true watch this we must affirm that the new testament tells us the truth about ourselves as sinners and as god's sexual creatures marriage between man and woman is a narrative um is a normative form of human sexual fulfillment and homosexuality is one among many tragic signs that we are broken people alienated from god Wow, what a statement. Now again, this needs to be this needs to be understood, especially by the church. This is our stance that the Bible gives you the right answers. Okay? Now again, why why is why is the there's so much confusion, especially from the church? Number one, the church doesn't do its homework. Okay? The church doesn't do its homework. Preachers don't do their homework because they don't they they rather be liked than well studied. They rather they rather have people sit there and say, Oh, he's a nice guy, or he's he's cool than really dig down into the truth. Okay? Listen, what I what I'm gonna present to you here is when you start looking throughout the Bible, okay, what you begin to realize the Bible you know, because people say, well, you know, there's there's only there's only six six to eight clobbering verses against. You know, the Bible doesn't condemn the Bible doesn't condemn um, a homosexuality or same sex marriage throughout the Bible. You know, it's only a few places. You know, Genesis. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah. You've got Leviticus. You've got Corinthians. You've got the word immorality throughout there. You got you know you got it sprinkled here and there, but it's not consistent throughout the entire Bible in the sense of where it there, there's only eight to eight uh, six to eight clobbering verses that 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 condemn this type of behavior. Okay. Well, let let me present this to you. The reason it's not there is because it's not written. It's not written to the gay, the LGBTQ community. It's not written for that purpose. It was written to heterosexuals. It was written to those that are not of that bent or not of that sort. It was written to heterosexuals, not homosexuals. That's why it's not there. That's why you have all references to relationships are between man and woman. Listen. Let me throw this to you. This was brilliantly pointed out by um, uh, Larry Tomczak. He's a great writer. He wrote, the, he wrote a book on cultural relativism, um, theological or biblical views um, called Bullseye. I recommend that book. Listen to what it says. 
let's say you buy a cookbook featuring healthy dessert recipes, none of which use sugar. In the introduction to the book, the author explains her reasons for avoiding sugar products, telling you that you will, you will find uh, uh, sumptuous, sumptuous sweet dessert recipes, but all without sugar. And so throughout the rest of the book, the word sugar is not found a single time, not once. Would it be right to conclude that avoiding sugar was not the importance, the important, was not important to the author? To the contrary, it was so important that every single recipe in the book makes no mention of sugar. So when you start looking at the intent of this book, that's why homosexuality or anti-homosexuality or, or this thing is, is sparsely put there, but put there in right spots for right reasons, for right intentions, because it's not intended for them. You're looking for sugar. You're looking for sugar in a book that contains no sugar. And so when you read it from that perspective, trying to make it say something, it doesn't say and it won't say because it wasn't written to them. It's for them, but it's not written to them. It's not written to the LGBTQ. That's why they have to stretch everything. That's why they have to try to make it say what it doesn't say. That's why they have to try to, you know, they try to say, well, love, and they, then they take love all out of whack, and then they take mercy, and they take mercy all out of whack. They start, they start dividing things up incorrectly. And so when you rightly divide it, you understand that the Bible, the Bible is a heterosexual book. Okay, it's not, it's not a book of do whatever you want. It wasn't written for them. It was written for the man and the woman. Look at the very beginning. And he made man and woman. That's why if you look at Exodus 20 verse 12, it says, honor your father and your mother. Why didn't he say honor your father and your father? Honor, honor all the other crazy genders that you think you are. Okay, later. No, he goes, honor your father and your mother. This, that's, gen, that's Exodus 20, 20. Ephesians 5, 22 through 25. Wives submit to your own husbands. Why is that important? Because it shows you the structure of the Bible. Man to woman. That is the structure. Watch this. He says, uh, as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Subject to their own Husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. Again, what's the idea? You have to understand that throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible, there's, there's, there's no blessing over the homosexual relationship. There's none. Okay? There's no union between the two. There may be a commitment. There may be words. There may be handshakes. There may be whatever. But there's no joining of the flesh. There's no two becoming one. There's none of that because they have sameness. They don't have difference. And that's the power of marriage is the two becoming one. That the two sameness Yet the differences come together and make them one. That is marriage. This thing that Obama put out, it was an LGBTQ 
seed into the church and then because of all the poor theo theological uh, minds that are out there liberal minds what's what's liberal theology which says that we are smarter than the bible we can we can make the bible say things it doesn't say and we will make it say what you want it to say see to interpret the bible you have to take it straight at what it says not what you want it to say okay but what it really says and some of the and again in order for in order for their their logic to float, what they have to do, they have to go outside of what it says to make it say what it has to say. Because it doesn't address, it's not written to homosexuals. It's written to heterosexuals. That's why they're trying to find sugar in a book that has no sugar in it. This is important for you to understand. Matt, listen to Matthew 19. I'm almost done here. Okay, Matthew 19, 4 through 6. And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Boom. That's it. What's he talking about? He's talking about how God, even Jesus, even Jesus goes right to the beginning when they asked him about cultural issues, male and female. He didn't say, well, when God instituted marriage, then that would have left it open. No, no. He says, when he made them male and female. For this re listen, for this reason he uses Genesis, he uses what an amazing, what an amazing book. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. Be joined to his wife. So all the guys that are out there trying to be trying to act feminine and they're the wife of the relationship, they're not a wife. They're not a wife. They're sameness. Homo. Homo. That does not that will never constitute being joined. That will never constitute being joined. It takes difference to be joined, not sameness. And when you start looking at what they sanctioned in our country, I want to vote my biblical views. What candidate is, is moving against the LGBTQ community? And it's very clear. Okay, we have to stop this insanity that uh, marriage between men for the sake of culture. No, no. For the sake of biblical view, in order for the church to be strong, we need strong marriages that produce strong children, that produce great citizens, and the, and the momentum of life moves forward. It is our great command from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that we be fruitful and we multiply. The LGBTQ community cannot multiply. They can only recruit, and then they die. They have to continue to recruit. They have to continue their, their, their movement. That's why they're in the schools. That's why they're in the media. That's what, Because they're recruiting. Yeah, I feel like a man. Oh, I feel like a girl. Oh, I feel like... No, no. And they don't, and they don't settle into the realities of who we really were created to be. Isn't it amazing that this that this um, that this LGBTQ community or this this announcement of the binary uh, movement that you know you let the child decide what they are and they fill them with all this garbage and all this information. You know Disney sexualizing the children. You have pedophilia everywhere. You got to watch what's on YouTube. You got to watch why? Why are they coming after the children? Because they're trying to recruit them into this LGBTQ confusion. That's why parents. That's why it's important for fathers to be present. Mothers to be present, working on their marriage, working on a relationship. Why? Because it's a picture of God's perfect love of how he loves his children. I know God's working on me. I know because I'm his child and he's a good father. I know that he's working on you. He's working on all of us. Let's 
focus in. Let's get a biblical view. And I know there's, I know that there are many people that are that will say, "Well, my my son is trans, and my son." I, listen, there's mercy for that. We can. There is grace in the Word of God. There, the, the Word of God will help them. But if it's exclusive, if you feel that the Bible is exclusive, because it was not written for that community, it wasn't. And when you got, when you have to force it to make it say something, and you have to pass a law in order to to convince people, that means that people are not convinced. We're not convinced. I, I believe the LGBTQ community is only is less than less than two percent of our of our. Um, of our population and yet we're acting like it's millions and millions no it's a bunch of few crazies and then the media pushes it out there and then then you have laws that are put in place uh by by liberal presidents and 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 congressmen and and legislators i mean we had we had some crazy some crazy um laws tried to be passed here in california about the lgbtq community the preachers can no longer preach against transformation you can't preach again you can't preach holiness and righteousness and the love of god and transformation you can't preach that because it's hate speech because the lgbt community said so as if they are some authority over the word of god the word of god is infallible the word of god is supreme the word of god shall stand so again the the sanctity of marriage as we vote i vote on my biblical view regarding same-sex marriage. The marriage is an institution sanctioned by God that the man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. That is Bible. Well, God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. I pray that you enjoyed this. And remember, they're looking in a book for sugar and there ain't no sugar there. It's not, it's not a book of sugar. It's a book of truth. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.